We all know helicopter parents and the amount of micromanaging they do. But what's worse than a parent who solves all their children's problems? What's that? When those children become somebody's employees one day. Oh, not mine, I hope. Today we dissect why we don't want your entitled children to be our next employees. Or our next clients. (laughs) For sure. (laughs) Oh my goodness. The Speakeasy Podcast, real talk about leadership and sanity in the creative industry. I'm Karen Steffel. And I'm Jen Estel. Managing creativity and business, we probably have an opinion on that. No prohibitions. Clearly, we have cocktails. This one's called the Red Lion Hybrid. Jen, what's in it? It's pretty cool. It's got Plymouth Gin, Grand Marnier, orange juice, lemon wedge, grenadine, orange peel. A lot of, lot of citrus. It's pretty boozy, if I'm honest. And I... And I think I would like it with a splash or two of soda water just to cut it because it's it's a lot. But it's, it has a lot of citrus flavors and um, it kind of hits hard. Yeah, it's a good one. It's got it's got interesting stuff and it's a it's a nice gin drink. But I think I'm with you. I think I'd put a little more. I'd put it over a little bit more ice and uh, I would probably probably thin it out because you know how I am. I can gulp a drink. Yeah. I'm a gulper still too. Worth, it's still a good, it's a good mix of flavors, so it's worth checking out. Yep, absolutely. So what are we talking about today? Entitled children and how we don't want those becoming our, our, our employees. Yeah, it's true. I mean, there's this part of me that wants to write a Mary Poppins letter every time I want a new employee. I want them to be just right and fit the bill and be delightful and all of these things. And, and it's hard to ask for the perfect human. None of us are the perfect human. However, mm-hmm. entitled's not very fun. No. And, and you know, this is caused by, you know, helicopter parents. You, uh, there's also lawnmower parents, which I didn't even know was a thing. I don't, what is, what is a well, helicopter? So helicopter parents hover over their children, right? But lawnmower parents mow down all the obstacles in front of their children. Oh. So they don't face adversity. They don't face failure or setback or disappointment, they are protected from all of that. And that's just not how life goes. No, it's not. And, you know, I'm getting to the age where employees and children are of the same age. So it's very easy for me to make parallels. But um, those people who know me know that my eldest had a really tough roommate situation a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. And he had a roommate who did not clean up after himself. He never picked up his dirty clothes. He left them everywhere. He left trash and food until it turned green. And it was the most miserable experience. And that to me is is a child who probably never ha- had to be responsible for those things in his home. Yeah, yeah. And so this is kind of what we're talking about when when somebody sort of blows through life, not picking up after themselves, not following up on the email, just assuming that someone is going to, you know, pave the way for them. It makes yep. for a tough situation. Well, and, and in those cases, of course, not every time, but maybe they then haven't had to have tough conversations and um, and and do that type of conflict resolution that I'm sure your oldest had to have and was I think I remember kind of blown, he was blown off. Um, Oh, yeah, yeah. The adults had to get involved. It was a bad scene. Yeah, that's no good. But, you know, preventing kids from experiencing disappointment and experiencing setbacks and, and sitting with hardship for a minute, while of course that hurts your heart, those are the things that form you. Um, You know, we've, we had an episode 
not too long ago about the jobs that we have had that have formed us. And we both referenced jobs that we had in our youth, not just our career and, and what we learned from those experiences. And we talked about food service and how that forms people. And you definitely don't want a kid applying for their first job at 22. Right. You definitely don't. And the thing that's funny about it, and the thing that's hard to observe, you know, we're looking at it from from the employer standpoint. Mm-hmm. We don't want your entitled kids to turn into the, the the people we have to manage. But from a teammate standpoint, too, when you have someone who feels entitled or doesn't understand how to negotiate a difficult conversation, that puts so much stress on the rest of your team. Mm-hmm. And that can harm every component of your business. That could turn your team into everybody's worst group project nightmare (laughs) where somebody doesn't pull their weight, right? Yeah. Or you have to hold their hand through it. So give me an example, Karen, of how to not build an entitled child who thinks they deserve all the prizes. Yeah. Well, so I am not a perfect person. My children are not perfect people, but some of our core values are that we all have chores because we all contribute to the house. Um, In order to go and have fun, our chores have to be done. So everybody's got chores. We're all going to do it. And you're not just going to clean up after yourself, but there will be times that you have to clean up after everybody. Um, So chores is a component for sure. I think, and not that I tell my kids that they don't deserve stuff, (laughs) but I challenge them when they when I see little glimmers of greed or even envy for what other people have, we talk through what our family values are. And we talk about, well, if you want X, how, and it's not Christmas or birthday, how would you earn money for X? Um, what are some of the things you could do? Because at this point, they don't get an, allow- an allowance. But if they do chores that are above and beyond what's the day in and day out expectations, if they cleaned out the garage or they detailed a car, I might give them some pocket money. So um, if they have a strategy for earning money, then then we talk through that. So hard work, persistence, and um, we're still working on the resilience part. I think that's more of an emotional uh, component, teaching my kids resilience. They can't quit because they're upset or that something has, you know, they lost or they don't want to participate in something anymore. If you make a commitment, you have to see it through. So that's ongoing. It's always ongoing, I think. What are your tips, your wisdom? I think what I would add to it is trying to not, how, how, do, I, how do I phrase this? Not set up the expectation that every new chore or responsibility means a reward. Instead, promoting the idea that opportunities are valuable and you might want to take them. And I sort of say this because I had a great conversation with a client who was trying to hire folks. And of course that's stressful and also try to foster independence and growth in his team. And he said he'd noticed a rash of people. He'd say, Hey, I've got an opportunity for you to do something new. Um, Here's what it looks like. And he was getting a lot of thanks what more are you going to pay me to do it? And he 
said, it surprised me so much because when I was young, I wanted all the experiences I could possibly get. And if I had a boss who said to me, hey, I've got this new thing, would you like to lead it? I would jump at that chance. And it wouldn't ever occur to me to ask what I'm going to get in return. And he said, so he's navigating how to employ and negotiate and foster growth with that different set of expectations. And so it led me to think, if we tell our child that every chore is worth an extra quarter, we're probably not fostering in them the want to be helpful and the want to experience something new and feel pride in just the the opportunity, mm-hmm. which I recognize as an employer. The flip side of that coin is saying, oh, you just want your employees to work hard and not pay them more. That's not what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. But it, it's such a tricky place. So I think for... For me, it's fostering a want to help the team and a deep desire to be in it together, if that makes sense. Yes. And, you know, employers, while I was preparing for this um, this episode, I was reading a few articles and one of the quotes that was in one of the articles I thought really stuck with me. It's the same as parenting, right? Uh, leaders receive the behavior that they reward and tolerate. And that really stuck because it's the same as parenting, right? It's true. The more attention you give to a behavior, the more you're going to get that behavior back. Mm -hmm. My question then is, is it our job as employers to teach these soft skills and these ethical skills and foster them? I very much feel as if it is my job to teach the technical skills, grow an employee's ability to do their job better, move up to the next rung, whether that be here at Redhead or at their next placement. Um, I have no problem with that. But I don't know that I'm that interested in in teaching people how to be ethical and not entitled. I kind of want people to come that way out, out the gate. I, I 100% agree with you. And the the notion of entitlement isn't about needing to develop more soft skills that's that's a character set that that's would be true. awfully hard to to break up and that's not your job that's a great observation so then our jobs as employers well and we haven't even had this conversation yet about clients but our job as an employer is to know how to spot this in a potential employee or a potential client Mm -hmm. when they're going to be entitled and ask for too much and not be a team player so that we can save our organizations from such things. Right. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. So yes, that's not where we should be spending our time at all. I think, you know, what we're asking people to do is to raise adults (laughs) who can function. I'm not passing judgment on different families' values, but you know, Teach, teach your children what your family's values are um, and demonstrate them in yourself because that's how they are going to, going to learn them really is by what you're modeling. But then also foster curiosity and learning, foster empowerment and resilience, and you'll end up with a pretty well-adjusted human, in my opinion. That's pretty good advice. I was listening to a, a- psychology podcast that I enjoy. And one of their topics was, um, they were talking about raising kids and how your home is their training ground. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's the place where they can safely screw up, learn how to do something properly, 
absolutely fail and there's a safety net. Mm-hmm. And so I think as, as parents, as we're raising the next generation of workforce, um, we need to take those opportunities to let our children fail, let them be disappointed, teach them how to negotiate, teach them how to share. All of these things sound really basic and they sound like they're coming from preschool, but man, those are useful skills in the workplace. Let me ask you this question. What does an entitled employee look like on a daily basis in the office? What kind of signs should we look out for? I think that's a great question. And I, and I, I'm not sure I have a big broad brushstroke answer for you, except for one of the examples you've already provided was, you know, will, will I get a raise if I have added responsibility? Um, you know, the, the automatic need for um, reward or compensation for new experiences. I would say behaviors of feeling inconvenienced. You know, I've been inconvenienced because you've asked me to do something that's above or beyond. And, you know, there's always going to be above and beyond, especially in small business, because, you know, there isn't somebody wearing a hat for every single one of the roles that needs to be completed or or for every single task that needs to be completed, everybody's going to wear multiple hats. And so if there's indignance or resentment around that, and I also think somebody who talks about themselves more than they're curious about asking questions of others. Interesting. I think those are such a good list. I feel like I should have written them down when you were speaking. I'll have to listen to the podcast or something (laughs) to get them again. But what you, what you just said really brought me to this interesting observation that, you know, we are small businesses and we don't, you know, everyone wears multiple hats and you have to pitch in. And we make that really clear in our interview process. I can imagine in a larger organization where some of the functions are invisible. You know, you've got an HR department that you never deal with. You have facilities departments that you don't see very often. And so there are functions of a successful business that are almost faceless, it's easy to become entitled and forget that if I don't pick up after myself, somebody's got to. Mm -hmm. If I cause this problem, HR has got to fix it. And so I think in some ways we're lucky because we can make that expectation that, hey, we're a small team, you're going to do everything, every single thing. Mm -hmm. And, And so I think getting out of entitled behaviors is almost harder at a large organization. And sometimes the way an organization is structured can almost breed entitled behaviors. Yeah, because that's just not my job. Because that's just not my job. Yeah. Right. But you know, there's nothing, there's nothing that makes me feel, I don't know, more content or more validated that I have an amazing team than when I just see somebody take the trash out without being asked. Nobody's doing me the favor. They're just doing it because it's Friday and the trash has to get taken out, you know, or, you know, I'm probably, you know, one of the first to probably pick up and do the dishes that are in the sink. And that doesn't bother me at all because I, I don't feel like if I asked somebody else to do it because I didn't have time, somebody would jump to it. And, um, and certainly I'm not the first, which means others are doing it too. Yeah. And I think, you know, as, as the boss, you absolutely have to lead by example. Of course, you're going to do the dishes when it's time, when you need to. But we've talked about this a lot before. We wouldn't ask our employees to do anything we wouldn't do ourselves. Absolutely. And so if you, if you understand that anything I might ask of you, 
is something I would more than happily do myself. Mm-hmm. So there's that component of people just understanding that. And I think then there's the the component of creating the expectation that if you see something, do something. Yeah. If if you see a problem, fix the problem. Yep. Not that someone else is going to magically come fix the problem for you. Mm-hmm. That's all we ask is delightful employees who are thoughtful <laughs> and pitch in and help their staff, you know, help their cohort, which ours are fantastic. So no complaints, but... Yep. It's a funny topic. It is fun. Especially as we're raising kids. You don't want to raise a jerk. So then you've got, let's say you've got an entitled employee. They could be also an entitled client for somebody else, for a vendor that they have to, you know, partner with to get a job done. Um, And I just feel like entitlement is the thief of success. Oh, sure. And of happiness. Yeah, that's for sure. Because being entitled is almost the opposite of being thankful. And if that is missing from your day, it makes for a pretty, pretty sad day. Yeah. There was a, there was another article I read in Entrepreneur um, and it talked about, it, it talked a little bit about like the, the everybody deserves a ribbon notion, but that entitled employees or entitled clients feel unjustly positive, they have unjustly positive opinions about themselves. And so for that reason, they feel they have, they are deserved something instead of earn, you know, they have to earn it. So again, back to parenting, you know, that, that comes from a very specific place. Yes, it does. A super specific place. And it's tricky as parent because you don't want to build these entitled people, but you also don't want to you know, dampen and ruin their spirit. So they never feel like they're good enough. So it's, you know, it's that parenting battle of making sure you're building a human who has qualities that make them an excellent coworker and leader, but you're not grinding them down to the point where they have no hope of having a successful self-worth. You know what I mean? It's a weird place. We're we're not just raising people who are going to be future employees. We we hope that they have fulfilling social lives and and become a partner to somebody who makes them happy and that they can contribute to also that they're good partners as well. And so um, teaching people the soft skills to to treat other people the way that they would want to be treated, um, I think is it comes down to that golden rule, I suppose. I was going to say, you just got to the golden rule. Oh, yep. Heck. It all comes well, down. This is so interesting. This one turned out more about parenting in my <laughs> mind than, than business ownership. But I, I just find that the two can be related. And um, we, we're just asking all the parents of the land to build a workforce and a generation of leaders who, you know, aren't obnoxious. It's not so much to ask. Just raise That's some easy. adults. Just raise some adults who know how to clean up after themselves and do the dishes. Yes, absolutely. Um, Ooh, I'll tell you this drink. (laughs) It's a strong one. Yeah. I can't do more than one because it's so citrusy. I'd get canker sores. TMI. Well, but you're not going to get scurvy. So there you go. (laughs) Nope. Not this girl. No scurvy for you. No scurvy for me. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you liked it, share it with a friend. We've all known someone whose ego has just gotten in their way. But what does that mean? 
Is that overconfidence? Is that narcissism? Is ego even a bad thing or could it be good? That's a great question. Join us next time as we dig into when your ego serves you and when to put it away. 